My name is Josh Fisher. I am playing Bolts, the engineer. You can find all of my work at oneuppodcast.com. I have a D&D podcast and a history podcast and a therapy podcast. So pick your poison. Hello, my name is Willow Wilson. I am playing the character known as Constance. And you can find me at Ensorcelled Pod, uh, RPG, Harry Potter-esque podcast. And uh, it's really cool. Check out Ensorcelled. Hi, my name's Ty. Um, I'm playing Gabriel Acosta. And you could find me at, at the underscore Fierce King on Twitter. Hi, my name's Alexandria Bell. Um, I'm playing the kid, Eliza Harper, and you can find me on social media as Eliza Hammer, um, a professional wrestler for all your professional wrestling needs. Nineteen thirty-one. In the midst of the Great Depression, each of you have received a mysterious message. Promises and threats have convinced you to embark upon a strange journey to Horatio Vasquez Airport in Havana, Cuba. My name's Frank McPherson. Friends call me Bolts. I'm an engineer. I served with the 1st Aero Squadron of the U.S. Army Air Service in the Great War. I'm always hungry and always trying to find something to tinker with to keep my hands busy. I am Constance. I suppose I am a a hunter. I took to the wilds many years ago, and I would prefer to still be there. My name is Gabriel Acosta, and I'm a doctor. I work tirelessly to save the lives of all my patients, and I don't know the meaning of give up. Inside hangar number three... A taciturn woman with a blue military cap and an air of danger escorted you inside of an impressive private aeroplane to meet your benefactor. As each of you sits, uh, this man tries to make eye contact with you and smiles. My name is Alois Kaiser. Welcome. I'm very pleased to see you. And he seems to have a light German accent? Since none of you speak German, you'd probably say, oh, I think that might be German. Sounds like German. I am the man organizing this expedition. And the fact that the three of you are here means I can trust you, and I can now give you answers to your questions. And he smiles and crosses his arms and leans against the seats and says, ask me any question you have. Where did you get the money for this beautiful piece of machinery i have designed some good planes in my time but damn he seems very happy that that is the first question uh his eyes light up and he looks around and he runs his hand along the ceiling oh you like her do you yes i am very fortunate that my family has enough resources to finance projects like this I've been spending a good amount of uh, energy on my current project that you are now involved with. And so if we are going to be flying around the world, I, for one, will make that as comfortable as possible. When can I go home? Very soon. And he goes over to his papers and he shuffles through for a moment. and He says, 
I was able to secure mining rights in Bolivia for their silver mines. And unfortunately, as you all know, they are engaged in an armed conflict with the Portuguese because it seems they no longer want to be a colony. The three of you are here to join this organization as we go to the site and then maintain the site for just long enough so that the mine can be fully secured, fully operational, perhaps with your expertise with medicine, mechanical knowledge, your knowledge of wildlife. Once the mine and the company is fully set up, then you can go back home with quite a bit of money and quite a bit of resources. I very much appreciate your journey and your commitment to this project. Silver mines in Bolivia wasn't really my first guess, but I'm here. Thought it was going to be something much, I don't know, something much worse over in Europe. Europe. Ah, He definitely sours when you say Europe. No, if I can avoid the continent, I will do that. I have no desire to go back there. Central America, South America, this is the future. These are the resources worth fighting for. I quite agree. He goes through some maps and he says, Now, unfortunately, because of the conflict, we're likely going to have to land uh, at the El Dorado Airport in Bogota, Colombia. And it may be some traveling across land to get to Bolivia. We shall see. At about that point, you can start to hear some raised voices from out in the hangar. Meanwhile, in the civilian terminal. Um, my name is Elizabeth Harper, but my friends call me Eliza. I'm 11 years old, but don't let my age fool you. People say that I'm really mature. After witnessing a case of mistaken luggage identity, Eliza pursued her suitcase across the tarmac and into a private hangar. You turn inside Terminal 3, and there are a number of of uh, people in here. It looks like uh, just some technicians are finishing up. Maybe they're taking a, a hose out of the plane. A group of men and women that look like they're ready for some sort of jungle expedition. They might be speaking Russian. My dad has a friend who speaks Russian. Uh, it looks like there are four men and two women here in this group and sort of laughing and having a good time. And you can see that the the two men pushing the cart have gone uh, towards the back of this hangar and are arguing again and beginning to throw some luggage into the hold under this plane. I approach the, the group of people speaking Russian. There are four men and two women. One of the men is wearing a cowboy hat. I, I definitely go to the cowboy hat man. I just say, hey, um, hi, hi, uh, sir. Um, that's my suitcase on this plane. My suitcase. And I need it. Seeing that you're speaking English, his eyes kind of light up. And he says in a very broken Russian accent, hello, cowgirl. Are you ready for rodeo? Yes, sir. I'm always ready for the rodeo. Um, but I do need my suitcase. He smiles and looks like he doesn't quite understand. Yes, rodeo. And he tips the, the brim of his hat and smiles. And one of the women comes up and says to ignore him. 
He's not speak English. I speak English. What I what can I help with? Oh, um, hi. Um, my suitcase was taken to this plane, so I I need to get on it to get my suitcase back. As she looks around at the men throwing luggage inches. Your suitcase with them? Yes. Come with me. And she walks you over towards them. As you're sort of passing these these Russians, they all sort of stand up at once and look at something behind you. And they they seem suddenly very edgy. And the woman that is uh, walking with you also stops and turns. Uh, and you can see that it looks like there's a small group of Cuban police officers that are entering the hangar. And they all seem very unhappy with everything. I just asked the lady that I'm with, um, do, do you do you know them? And she, and I'm going to try to stop doing accents here. Uh, and she says, uh, just stand behind me. And she says something in Russian to one of the men who doesn't turn to look at her, but he nods quickly. And she starts backing you up towards the back of the hangar. Suddenly you can tell who is in charge of this Russian group because he starts organizing his team and they look like they are preparing to square off against this group of police officers. Um, I think I would want to hide. You are close to the airplane where they are putting luggage in. I try to climb up into where the luggage is going so that they don't see me. The two men that were loading the luggage in have just ran out. They've like left very quickly. I climb in into the cargo area. And so inside the airplane, you can hear what sounds like raised voices. Some are in Spanish. And then a moment later, it sounds like there is a reply in Russian. And things are getting loud outside, and it sounds like it's very tense. Alois uh, swears under his breath and says, excuse me, and runs forward towards the cockpit where it looks like he might have a better view of what's going on outside. I so, kind of just back up, still clutching my knife, very confused and nervous. <laughs> all of you hear a gunshot, and then everything gets really loud. The The few voices that were louder are, are now joined by many, many more loud voices just yelling. And after a moment, the woman who guided you on comes in dragging the pilot. He is very frazzled and upset, and... And she just grabs him and shoves him towards the cockpit and yells something in some language that sounds kind of like Spanish, but it might not be Spanish. I don't know. She turns back to you and says, you may all want to take your seat. You sure you want him flying like that? He looks a little, a little distressed. You shouldn't put someone in the pilot seat who is uh, emotionally compromised. Uh, we pay him to fly. He will fly. Oh, and, she, oh, and she just ducks right. out and runs back outside and starts yelling. I'm going to strap in. I strap in, too. I have a head nurse that's, like, that's just like her. I have back around. I'm not quite comfortable getting into one of these seats, but I crouch on the ground and brace myself. On the ground? Brace yourself on the ground? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Perhaps clinging to the arm of the chair. Um, I do not like to be so confined. Another gunshot. And then you hear more footsteps on the stairs as members from that exploration team in the hangar start to come aboard. Eliza, you're inside the, the baggage 
and you can hear footsteps on the outside. It sounds like two people close the door. You hear some latching and then footsteps as they run away. And you can also hear gunshots. I just stay quiet because I'm, I'm really worried about the gunshots. And everybody inside, slowly, you're joined by these other members of the, the team that were outside. Uh, and they run in, and one by one, it looks like they all run towards the back of the plane and strap themselves in. You can see that they're all holding guns at this point, and you didn't notice that, but they were on the other side of the hangar when you got here. Uh, and the woman is the last one in, and she kicks away the stairs and slams the door shut, yells something towards the cockpit, and the plane begins to to taxi towards the runway. And you continue to hear gunshots from the outside, pings against the edge of the plane. You should not be shooting at such a beautiful aircraft. And the plane continues to taxi, and you can probably see, those of you who are in seats, look out the windows. There are a handful of members of uh, Cuban police force, and a few more from what looks like a Cuban military. It looks like the military is trying to stop the police from shooting at the airplane. And a few more shots go off before they've stopped them all. The plane continues to taxi. It cuts off another airplane that looks like it was in line to go next. Eventually, you are all in the air. And those of you that want to look can see that, yes, you are leaving the island of Cuba. And the plane indicates that you are indeed going south towards South America. I look at the rest of them. Do any of you speak English? There's a there's a woman that says, yes, I speak English. What's with all the shooting? Uh, misunderstanding. If you're on an airplane, are you in Cuba or are you on airplane? Cuba thinks you are in Cuba. We think you are not in Cuba. You are on airplane. And what would be the big difference between the two? If they can arrest you. Why would we be arrested? I'm here on business. Uh, no, not you. It's misunderstanding. Eliza, as this plane was taking off, all of the baggage shifted around. And you had uh, a little bit of time there where you probably had to dodge out of the way. I think that to dodge uh, all of this flying baggage that, that was coming at you, I think that might mean a just do it roll where you're just trying to get out of the way. I got a 10. I managed to, to move out of the way of all the suitcases. Um, and I, I look around to, to see where I am now that, now that we're in the air. There's no window here, but because you had a good success and you, you were definitely on your toes, making sure that you didn't get hit. You've definitely found your suitcase. And as all of this luggage shifted, you can see that in the back of the hatch, there is what looks like a trap door going up. Grab my suitcase and set it to the side. And then um, I start moving the suitcases um, under the trap door so that I can I can reach up to, to it. It feels like there's something blocking it. Constance, someone is pushing the floor against your feet. I immediately um, shuffle to the side, and again, I am crouched, so it is kind of like a weird crab walk. <laughs> um, 
but I, I get out of the way and I, uh, I look at the, the part of the floor that is moving. A panel on the floor is pushed up. In the space beneath is a young girl. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm on this airplane. It seems that I am as well. Um, do you know where we're going? No. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Uh, uh, my mom is going to be really mad at me if I don't get off this airplane. Um, I, I think that would be very difficult. We are in the sky. Can you help me up to, to uh, get yeah, up there? Because yes, it's scary uh, down here. I, uh, I, I help her up. And you, you pull Eliza up into the, the cabin. And there's those uh, soldiers, including the lady who is trying to help you get your bag. They're in the back of the plane, arguing amongst themselves. They don't quite notice that you're there. Um, I want to go over to the lady I was talking to earlier. I kind of tug on her sleeve. She is very surprised to see you. Uh, um, miss, um, I'm on this plane now. Um, and I really need to get off because my mom is going to be really mad. I think you get off with the rest of us in Colombia. Colombia's not in America, though. And uh, my mom said that we have to go back to America now, so... Um... It looks like some of the other people that she's talking to are sort of speaking in raised voices to her in Russian, and she's sort of being pulled back and forth and she finally looks to you and says we're going to Columbia I, I'm sorry oh my mom is going to be really really mad so I, I go to take a seat on the floor with the woman who helped you up or in a chair <laughs> yes I go sit r very close to the woman who helped me up the woman with the blue cap who checked most of you in comes back from the cockpit and starts to talk to Bolts, starts to, leans over to say something, and then notices that there's a small girl on the plane and stares at you for a moment, doesn't say anything, and turns to Bolts. We may need you up front. Ah, I'm, I've been waiting to hear those words all day, let me tell you. Doctor, can you come too? Of course, I follow straight to the front. Yes, ma'am. So she takes the two of you up front, steps to the side so you can see that the pilot, uh, his his left shoulder is very red. Don't tell me that you let an injured man fly out of a freaking gunfight into the sky. We pay him to fly. He will fly. You fly for now. And doctor, you fix his shoulder and then he can keep flying. Raul, back. And Raul, the pilot, kind of pushes his chair back. And he's sort of like is shimmying sideways so that bolts you can. He's indicating that you can like Grab take the... the seat here. Yeah. yeah. Alois is in the uh, the co-pilot seat. He is looking through maps it look like he's trying to help give find some information on direction or something. Well, you know, I, I never did uh, imagine that, that I'd be uh, flying next to a German. I am Austrian. I'm not German. Oh, my my, my mistake. I heard uh, the last name and, you know, just assumed. and Not German. You just go straight and I will navigate for you. I find, find these maps. 
sure we are on course for for Bogotan. You point, and I'll I'll fly the plane. Keep her steady. Flying is something that you can just do. So settling into this seat and making sure that you can do this well is a just do it. You haven't quite been behind um, this stick before. Yeah, and and to be fair, I probably haven't flown in like six years. Yeah. <laughs> so plus one for steady, so that's eleven. Yeah, it's a very smooth transition. Gabriel, the woman pulls Raul out of the front and puts him down in a seat, and she turns to you and says, just make it so he can fly, and turns away. Yes, ma'am. I look at Raul and um, ask him to go ahead and take remove his shirt so I can get to the wound. I look at him and I was like, I wouldn't be honest if I told you this was the first bullet I had to remove from Chicago, and well... Um, as I'm doing this, I'm getting out um, forceps, a uh, little pair of scissors, thread, needle, some rubbing alcohol, and uh, it's just all my supplies setting, uh, opening my bag, getting through it. Capone really has, really had Chicago up in a frenzy and bullets, stray bullets hit everywhere. Gonna forego morphine at this point since he has to fly the plane right afterwards. And I go in to start to remove the bullet. I can only imagine how much that hurts him. And then once that's out, I'm sewing it up. That way he doesn't bleed on out. It's a quick job and a painful one, but as long as he can um, bite through the pain and bear it, um, I'll get this done as quick as possible. You have the proper equipment because you have your bag with you, and this is not a moment of peril. So you are able to, to get that bullet out and wrap him up as he screams for about four minutes yeah, no. off and on. Yep, no, that's that's definitely normal. I'm used to screams. I uh, take two of my um, miracle pills, which in 1930s would have been pure Oxycontin, <laughs> and put them in his jacket pocket and let him know, once the plane lets down, you can go ahead and take those. Constance and Eliza, from where the two of you are, you have a pretty good view of uh, the screaming pilot uh, and the doctor who keeps poking out a hole in his shoulder. M- Miss, is that guy okay? Perhaps. Okay, because it looks like he's kind of hurt. It, it it seems so, yes. Do you think I should help? I, uh, I, I think uh, the man with the sharp tools has it handled. I think we should stay out of his way. Okay. I have a question for you. Um, why are you on this plane if you don't know where it's going? I was hired to come on this plane, and and then I can go home at some point. Oh, so this is your job? It, it is a necessity. When it is done, I can return home. That's what my parents' jobs are like, too. They have to go somewhere, and then sometimes they come back, and sometimes they stay away for a long time. What are you doing on this plane? Well, I was supposed to be going home um, with my parents, and then someone took my suitcase, and I tried to tell them that it was mine, and he tried to say that it wasn't my suitcase, but... All my stuff is in my suitcase, like all my shirts and everything. So I followed it. Um, 
But then when I got into like a weird building, people started yelling, which scared me. So I, I got on the plane so that they wouldn't see me, but, but then the plane left and I'm still on it, which I am not supposed to be. Oh, zut. That is uh, quite the problem. This is what I'm saying. My mom is going to be really mad. Oh, your mother. Um, I do not know how to help. No. Hello. Hi. My name is Constance. Or you can call me Constance. Um, my name's Elizabeth, but all my friends call me Eliza. Hello, Eliza. In the cockpit, uh, a little bit of time has passed. Uh, it looks like Alois is, um, has found whatever maps he's been looking for and has changed the course a little bit. There are a couple of dials that seem stuck. And after maybe an hour or so, it does look like the fuel gauge is a little lower than it should be. Now that you're over the Caribbean Sea, getting all the way across... May uh, you may not have all of the the fuel that you need for that. Well, uh, Aloise, I, I hope you uh, hope you came up with a, a backup plan because we are burning fuel at an alarming rate, and uh, I don't I don't think I can get us all the way to uh, Columbia. And he's flipping through his maps. It's all right, all right. A little bit more. Uh, change uh, course just a little. I think there's there's a an island. It should be coming if we if we go a little bit to the west. This seems like the place we can land. All right, you're 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 the boss. Raul seems to think that he's ready to fly the plane. He's pushing himself back up. Looks like he's thanked you, Doctor. And he's turned back to the cockpit and is stumbling and swaying. I pack up my supplies. Um, I pray that he doesn't take those pills before we land and. Head towards the back. So, kid, you ever seen a bullet? No. Do you have you one I can see? Yeah, here. And just he drops the bullet. It's cleaned off. He cleaned it off. But uh, drops the bullet into her hands. That was Jess and Raul. Wow. Is this from a real gun? It's from a real man that a real gun shot into. Yes. <laughs> but that's yours to keep. Uh, I hope that's the most exciting thing that happens to you on this plane. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. Raul has come back to the cockpit and is saying something to you in Spanish bolts uh, that looks like he wants to sit down and fly again. I'm going to look over at uh, Alois and uh, just say, uh, has a has your has your uh, your pilot here ever made a ditching a, a, a ditch landing before? Does he does he know how to account for, you know, if he has to uh, ditch in the sea, how to account for the swells of the ocean or the direction of the current? Hmm. Because I I, I don't feel confident that we're going to make it to this island of yours. I think we're going to have to ditch. And Alois turns to Raul and they start having a conversation in Spanish. And Raul seems very insistent about pushing you out of the way to get his seat back. And then the woman sort of appears in the cockpit and grabs onto Raul and just yanks him out and pulls him back into the into the, the cabin and shoves him down in his seat so that uh, those of you in the cabin can see him. And she yells at him in Spanish for a moment. He hears whatever she is saying and is very silent. 
and puts the seatbelt on. And then it looks like he remembers something and searches his pockets and finds a couple of pills and takes them. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be out soon. <laughs> and it is now later afternoon. This fuel gauge is getting pretty low, but you do see an island coming up on the horizon. Thank God. You see um, Gabriel's right leg shaking a bit, bouncing up and down, and he's fiddling with the pack of cigarettes, um, popping one in, then back out, in and back out. So you all have windows available to you. Are you the kind of person that is calm during an emergency landing? I am stressed about the emergency landing, but at the moment I am more stressed by just being around people. It's it's a lot, but the the main problem is not the emergency landing. And I would be perfectly calm if I could smoke, but I haven't smoked in two hours, and I am the opposite of a calm during stressful situation. I'm a little nervous, but I'm pretty confident that the adults will figure it out. Through the cockpit, as you're approaching, you can see that this island juts up from the sea with kind of sharp cliffs. The word plateau comes to mind, but I don't know if that's absolutely correct. Uh, though certainly some of these these uh, uh, cliffs against the ocean are pretty sheer and might be pretty high. As you approach, it looks like the, f- the first thing you can see is a beach, but it doesn't look like a comfortable beach. It looks like there's a lot of stone, a lot of rocks. But you did see that there's some sort of uh, building or maybe multiple buildings just up the hill from the beach. Most of the island looks like a jungle. Uh, Very thick trees, very thick vegetation. Off in the distance, in the middle of this jungle, there is a pretty big lake that sort of stands out to you. There is a, a mountain off to the edge in the distance. And then straight ahead, bolts, you can see that there is a clearing coming up so knowing what I know about emergency landings, it, it's always best to try and aim for a uh, a softer spot. But a beach with a bunch of rocks, not ideal. So I'm going to make for that uh, that long stretch. I'm going to circle around and try and land in that long stretch there. I, I think it's a just do it. Yeah. It's, can you sure. crash crash this plane without going full into the jungle? All right. Roll plus steady, please. Uh, it's an eight. You could probably land it so the plane doesn't break that much, and maybe it can be fixed. But maybe people would get thrown around in the back, and your passengers would be injured. Or you can just kind of hit the ground, get to a stop, and break the plane more, but the passengers would not be injured. When when crashing a plane, it's always better to preserve the life of your passengers. That's rule number one. So, well, actually, rule number one is to actually crash the plane safely, but rule number two is preserve life. So, risk the plane breaking more and uh, break hard to to stop the plane. There is a huge jolt through the entire plane as the, as the wheels hit the ground. There is a, a large snap and grinding of metal because the wheels just snapped off. The bottom of the plane is now grinding along this field. The upside is that's a lot of friction, and the plane actually slows 
pretty pretty effectively and does not leave the open area and completely crash into the jungle. There's a lot of stuff that sort of flies around the cabin. Some of the papers that Alois had on his uh, desk in the back are scattered around. Constance, did you buckle in? Hmm, did I? Uh, I don't think she would. Um, she's certainly bracing, um, uh, clinging, clutching onto whatever she can. Like like her arms are her seatbelt. <laughs> I don't know. She's not comfortable strapping in to like a into a chair where she's confined. You can try to hold on to your butt. I think I can. To really hang on to the seat and not get thrown over a couple rows of chairs. Yes. Okay. Cool. I'm ro- rolling plus fit. Eliza might have the option to do take my hand. I hope so, because I rolled a two and a one. Oh, no. <laughs> I have a plus two, but that's that's still not great. That's a five. Yeah, I think, Eliza, you can try take my hand. And if you grab onto her, she won't get as hurt. I got 10. Constance starts to uh, lose her grip and you're able to like, to grab on, just to like throw your arms around her and keep her from flying away. Constance, you get a little bruised and bang yourself on these seats, but you do not go flying towards the back of the plane. Merci. 